It's been a good morning so far, hasn't it? So um, over the, uh, these couple of weeks, I should say a couple of months probably, I think we're taking about uh, eight weeks over this, we're looking at this whole pretty immense subject of prayer, of prayer. And James Lumley kicked us off brilliantly last week, talking about how the foundation of prayer is rooted in relationship, rooted in relationship with our Heavenly Father. You know, when we, when we truly know who we're praying to and know, therefore, our position in that relationship, it completely transforms the way we approach prayer. And of course, the wonderful good news that we've been singing about this morning is the fact that it's only because of Jesus that we can encounter and have this relationship with God. It's only because of the, this sacrificial death that we have been brought near and literally bought near by the blood of Jesus. We have been made right with God. For those that put their trust in Jesus, your position has completely changed. Thank you. Totally changed from being enemies of God to being friends of God. From being outcasts, lepers, to being embraced by the Father as sons and daughters. It's just amazing, isn't it? Just amazing. It's only because of Jesus that we can even talk about going deeper in prayer. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name. There is no other name higher. It's wonderful. Just to give you a heads up of where we're going to be going through this series, we're splitting this series into kind of three parts. Uh, We're looking at presence, petition, and perseverance. We love our Ps. But basically, presence, because as we've said, prayer is, is rooted, all prayer is rooted in encountering the Father, the presence of God, communing with Him. And we're going to be building on that this morning. We're going to be looking at, at how we can foster a deeper desire, a deeper passion, a hunger for prayer. We're going to be looking at that this morning. With petition, we're going to be looking at corporate prayer. We're going to be looking at praying as a church that God has said, this this house is a house of prayer for the nations. We're going to look at what it means to truly intercede, to stand in the gap. We're going to look about praying in the Spirit. You know, when words fail, Father Jesus is interceding for us. And we're going to look at perseverance, this very real struggle of prayer, looking at times when prayer just seems to go unanswered, when God doesn't seem that near, times where we have to keep on holding and holding and holding on to the promises of God, praying in faith, looking at how prayer empowers us for mission. This whole sense of persevering, praying for God's kingdom to increasingly come. So there's lots to look forward to. It is a huge topic we're going to be taking in chunks. But this morning, if you've got your Bibles, do turn to Matthew chapter 6. Going to read verses 5 to 9. This is Jesus just chatting to his disciples about prayer. Matthew 6, 
Verse 5. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many impressive words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. And Jesus then goes into the Lord's Prayer. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, but in this passage, three times, Jesus says, when you pray. Not if, but when you pray. When you pray. When you pray. I think if you've been a a Christian for any length of time, you know that prayer should be part of your everyday life. It's just part of what we do as followers of Jesus. But in fact, the Bible commands us to be devoted to prayer. Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. And we know the early church was a praying church. I mean, even before Pentecost, before the Holy Spirit fell on those early believers, Acts 1.14, they were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Post-Pentecost, post-being baptized with the Holy Spirit, it just continues. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That's in Acts 2.42. The apostles themselves, Acts 6.4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. I know I need to pray. I know that it is absolutely vital to every part of life, not because I'm a pastor and that's what we're supposed to do and that's what we get paid to do, but because I'm a Christian. And and the very distinction of our faith is that we get to enjoy the presence of God as we commune with him, as we chat with him, as we call on his infinite wisdom as we call on his infinite power that we've been singing and praying about this morning to come and change circumstances on this earth. It's amazing when you think about it like that. And yet, if you're anything like me, my prayer life can, can ebb and flow a little bit. I think that's a kind of a normal experience. I can have some wonderful times in prayer with God, and I can have some really difficult times, dry times, where I'm struggling. And so I've been asking myself the question, can I describe my life as being devoted to prayer? What does that even look like? What does a life devoted to prayer even look like? Can you describe your life as a life devoted to prayer? Maybe some of you can, which is awesome. But I think however your prayer life is, 
there is always the call to go deeper. There's always the call to go deeper. So this morning, I want us to look at how we foster a greater desire to pray, how we move prayer from being simply a duty to becoming a delight, something that we long for, something that we so miss if we, if we, if we are too busy. As Bill Hybels said once in his book, you know, I'm too busy not to pray. How do we foster this desire to pray? And I believe it all comes back to this issue of relationship again. It comes back to this issue of relationship. Because without prayer, there is no real relationship with God. Claire and I quite often do... um, Marriage counselling, marriage courses, marriage prep, and well-known fact that the number one root cause in any relationship breakdown is a breakdown in communication. It's a breakdown in communication. You know, you can share the same house, you can share the same meals, you can watch the same TV programs, you can share the same bed and still be miles apart relationally. I believe the same is true in our spiritual relationship, our relationship with God. You know, we can come to church, we can sing some amazing songs, we can read chunks of the Bible, we can, we can read lots and lots about God and still be miles away from any intimate relationship with Him if we lack depth in our prayer life, in our prayer life. As James said last week, prayer is a response to the call of God to relationship. And if we're not responding to that call very much, then that relationship will not grow. When relationships are not growing, they're fading. They're fading. It's so important. So really, this whole series, this call to go deeper in prayer, is really a call to go deeper simply in our relationship with God. And for me, the biggest draw, the biggest pull towards having a more prayer-centered life has simply been a growing desire to hang out with God more than anything else. How do I desire prayer more? By understanding that it is first and foremost an encounter with my Father. And it's as we encounter our Father, it's the Holy Spirit that brings fresh revelation of His love. Romans 5.5, the Holy Spirit pours God's love into our hearts. I remember a prophetic song that Simon Virgo, Terry's son, brought once at a leaders' conference. And it it was beautiful. It was God singing over us about how He longed to talk to us, how he longed to spend time with us, like a parent just longing for their child to open up to them, to tell him about their day, their struggles, their joys. And, you know, I'm not one for for being massively visibly emotional, probably what comes of going to public school as as a young boy, but tears were streaming down my face as God was singing over his people, this longing, I miss your company. I'm longing to to just enjoy hanging out. 
And I, I, tears were streaming down as I repented of the times where I had rushed through prayer, rushed through getting through my bit of the Bible, rushed through quiet times, and, and missed just hanging out with my heavenly dad, just resting in his presence, enjoying his delight over me. And yet, through this song, this prophetic song, there was such encouragement. This, this re- reminder that we, we pray not knocking on the door of a, a reluctant, overworked God. You know, I'm sorry to disturb you, sorry to disturb you. But no, we have a Father who is already waiting for us, longing for us to have a conversation with him. In fact, more than that, to have a real encounter with him. Because the truth is, it's as we encounter the intimacy of the Father, we get a fresh revelation of, of who he is, of the awe of God. We encounter his awe. We're reminded of who we're actually praying to. It's like amazing. He is our heavenly father. There's this intimacy, but there's also this awe. This just realization of the power, the holiness. Tim Keller, in his book on prayer, which I can highly recommend, I'll send out an email for some recommended prayer books. I mean, there's so many books on prayer. Some recent ones, which again, I think maybe some of you might not have come across I'll ping them in an email. But Tim Keller says this, Prayer is both a conversation and an encounter with God. We must know the awe of praising His glory. Did we just feel that this morning as we were worshipping? There was a sense of awe, this roar of heaven. You have no equal. (laughs) You're undisputed. Just this Or praising his glory, as well as the intimacy of finding his grace and the struggle of asking for his help, all of which, Keller says, leads us to know the spiritual reality of his presence. Do you know the spiritual reality of God's presence in your life? There is both awe and intimacy in his presence. And, you know, we we looked at the first two lines of the Lord's Prayer last week. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And if I'm really honest, more at times, more than I care to admit to, I rush past that first bit to get to the give us our daily bread, get to the petition bit. You know, time is, is short. I've got a list of stuff I need to get through to pray for. I can miss and rush through the vital part of hallowing his name. How many times, I wonder, have I missed just simply pondering and dwelling on this miracle that I get to speak to God, the creator of heaven on earth. You know, I just, my encouragement is this. When you pray, don't miss hallowing his name. Don't rush on from contemplating his holiness, his awesomeness. Just 
Because as you do that, we get filled again with just a sense of awe. You know, as you pray, pray that your life will increasingly bring glory to God. Pray that through your life, as people see God in your life, they will give glory to your Father in heaven. Just that his name will be glorified and hallowed even more. Don't rush too quickly to get to your to-do list. You know, lists aren't bad. They're very helpful. But there's a greater depth in our prayer that I believe God wants us to find. God wants to speak to your heart. Unsearchable things, things you won't find in books. Things that, only know, that God only knows about you and your situation. Jeremiah 3, 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. God wants to speak to us. So as we encounter the Father and enjoy intimacy with him, we also encounter his awesomeness. But as we encounter his awesomeness, it's like this layers. We go deeper and deeper and deeper. As we encounter his awesomeness, we also just get a fresh revelation of his authority and his power. Again, as we've been singing this morning, I love it. It's just God speaking to us time and time again. His undisputed power in the name of Jesus. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. There is no higher authority. And it's that authority in which we stand. And as we get a greater understanding of our relationship with God, that we are actually his children, that we are joint heirs with Christ, we inherit that authority. We stand in that same authority. Just was so encouraged, that call to pray again for situations. Nothing is beyond God's reach. No one is beyond God's saving help. You know, cancer research may not be able to reach certain cancers in time, but there is no cancer that God cannot reach. Do we believe that? There is no cancer. There is no sickness. Nothing is beyond the name of Jesus. The message puts it like this with talking about our relationship. Romans 8.15, God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We get that confirmation. We know who he is and we know who we are. Father, children. Paul goes on to say as well, heirs of God. As I said, join heirs with Christ. Do you know who you are in Christ? It's as we encounter the Father, as we gaze upon his awesome holiness, we get a fresh revelation of his authority and power. I said a leader's breakfast, um, what was it, Thursday morning in fact, and we were reminded by Stuart Lees, who some of you will know, that as children of God, each one of us are called to be gatekeepers, spiritual gatekeepers, keeping watch, taking authority over anything that would seek to have an influence over our families, our workplaces, our church, our communities. 
You know, 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that we have an enemy who's very proactive. It says, be alert, be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls round like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So we've already read in Colossians 4.2, as we devote ourselves to prayer, stay alert. Stay alert. And, and the thing is, we have an enemy who is all too happy for us to be lulled into a full sense of security, lulled into apathy. But when we spend time encountering the Father, encountering His awesome holiness, encountering His authority, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see what's on God's heart, to see what He's doing, because the Holy Spirit is also very proactive, very proactive, and He's calling us to be far more proactive as we commit and devote our lives to pray. We can pray with a clarity and a confidence and an authority that perhaps we've never known as we get deeper in our relationship with God. You know, that's when we discover that God can accomplish in 10 minutes what we try and accomplish in 10 years. It's that prayer that empowers us for mission. I love the way Pete Gregg, in his book, Dirty Glory, another recommended read, puts it. He says this, to pray is not to plead from the sidelines. I don't know if that's sometimes how you feel. A huge situation arises, a big problem, and you feel like you're standing on the sidelines going, please, God, please step in. Pete Gregg says, prayer is not to plead from the sidelines. It is to invade the field of play. In prayer, we join the team. Already, sorry, actively shaping the outcome of the match, challenging and occasionally outplaying an aggressive opponent. In prayer, we get in on the action. God, in his ultimate wisdom, has chosen to use us to partner with him in bringing his purposes on this earth. We get to join the team in prayer. As Jesus himself said in Matthew 16, 19, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We pray with mighty, mighty authority when we pray in Jesus' name, when we encounter the Father, when we connect with His Spirit, as His will shapes our will, as His heart shapes our heart, we can have our eyes open. Yes. <laughs> I love being interrupted by my wife. All the time. Sorry, I just, I'm sitting here and God's saying, you need to say that, you need to say that. And I'm like, no, no, I can't interrupt him. He's like, you need to say it. I just wanted to give a practical example of how that outworks. Because I know we can sometimes listen to preachers about prayer and just think, yeah, yeah, it's about going away. And there is something about going away into that secret place. But there's also something about doing battle in our everyday lives. Um, and actually, I was learning that new song that we've introduced this morning. And I was sitting at the piano um, as I was starting my quiet time, I thought, I'll start by playing this song. Um, and for those of you who don't know, my um, niece is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, and she's been hearing a lot of voices. And they, 
um, had to move out of the home, their family home, and they moved into a new home a week ago, and the voices stopped. And we all thought, praise God, this is amazing. There was, there was something big and spiritual about moving homes. Um, but then uh, that morning that I was playing, the voices came back. And I just really felt such a power from God that actually that you have no rival. That does not have a place. And I just texted my sister and I said, that, that is the devil saying, you think you can get away with it? You think you can get rid of me that easily? And I spent about 15 minutes just singing about the power of the name of Jesus over and over and over again. And we are in a constant battle. And those voices stopped. And if they come back, I will battle again. Um, and I did the same over my mum. You know that my mum's uh, health has deteriorated greatly and it's been an incredibly stressful few weeks. But I prayed. I've really felt God's spirit come on me. I was just learning a song. And there are times when we're just doing a bit of work and suddenly the, the Holy Spirit says, you need to pray for this now. And it's just coming into line with what he is doing. But having that faith, my faith has been tested an awful lot over the last year with the suffering I've seen in my family. But it's just rising up in faith and saying, I don't understand this, God, but I know your name is above every single name. And I'm going to keep declaring that over the situations that are going on around me. Amen. No, thank you. It's so true. And it's that authority that we can pray over situations like that that comes, it flows from intimacy with our Father. It flows from just being in His presence and hanging out with Him. Prayer is is vital for our relationship with God, but it's also vital if we're going to make a difference in our lives, in our family's life, in in this nation, in the world. We have a God-given authority. You know, sometimes when we talk about, well, prayer, the priority is just encountering God, it can almost seem a little bit self-centered. It can almost seem a little bit selfish. But when we encounter the love of God, the transforming power of God, there is a natural outworking of it to mission. That's what happens. When we come in line with God's will, there is this, when we experience His love, what happens? The love gets poured out on mission. Prayer empowers mission. It's what it does. There's an outward working of it. And I'm just, I'm just careful, uh, being very conscious of time. I'm going to hack out some. It's fine. Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit will do what he wants to do. I'm just going to talk very briefly about two very practical ways that, we, that will hopefully help us go deeper in prayer. And one really Claire's just uh, touched on. It's just this constant communion with God. God just dropped that word in Claire's heart about sing this song over that situation in her family. And really for me, what has really helped is developing the practice of keeping company with God. Keeping company with God. Simply living your everyday life orientated towards God's presence. It means just chatting, uh, you know, informally simply, spontaneously, to your Father, about the small things. We're spiritual beings, you know, we shouldn't separate the spiritual from the natural. Everything we do has a a spiritual dimension. And I think living a life devoted to prayer is, is about having this constant spirit of communion with God. You just know He's there, you're just chatting to Him in the mundane, trivial, everyday things. 
like trying to learn a song. You know, it's just like, wow, God's just spoken to me there. You know, I was really blessed growing up in a family that, although had a, a very high reverence of God, we, we prayed at the drop of a hat. It was just, you know, my mum would be chatting on the phone and suddenly burst into prayer or be eating dinner, chatting about our day and suddenly the, the conversation would turn into a prayer. And I, I loved that. It was just part of family life and maybe that's something that you do in your family and maybe it's something you've never experienced before. But I was really blessed by this and what happened is I took that to school with me. This constant stream of conversation with God, I just took to school with me. So, you know, a lot of the time it was quick fire requests, God help me with this French test, or please may it rain so that cross country could be cancelled, that was a common one. I'd pray about anything, I'd, I'd talk to him about the trees, I'd talk to him about my friendships. Remember asking him why he chose blue to be the colour of the sky, you know, I thought it's quite a good choice, it'd be horrible if it was green, but i just chat to him like that, just everyday stuff. There would be this constant awareness of God's presence, this this, his pleasure I felt over me as a child. And I love the fact that in our kids' work at River Church, Kids' Church, I love the fact that we encourage our kids to this chat and catch, just this chatting with their father and, and, and he wants to speak to me as well. It's, this, it's developing this, this open dialogue with God that is so healthy because the thing I noticed is as I got a bit older, as I became a little bit more self-assured, you know, self-confident, took on more responsibility, got busier, I found those intimate chats diminishing. You know, life was just getting busy. You know, there'll be these intense times of prayer, particularly at crisis moments or when I had to make a big decision, but I'd lost something of this open dialogue, this flow of communication, and I missed it. I missed it. And God took me on quite a journey, which of course I'm still on, <laughs> you know, we're all on this journey, to try and reclaim that simple closeness that I experienced as a child, that, that closeness. You know, when you're with really good friends, I, I have a, a particular friend who we grew up together and, and we don't see very much of each other, but when we do, there's none of this awkwardness. There's none of this, oh, I've got to think about what to say. I, I find small talk quite exhausting. I don't know if you do, but you know, there's, when you're with certain friends, when you've got that relationship, there's, there's no awkwardness. You don't feel I've got to come up with something impressive to say. You know, I don't have to say anything clever. I don't have to babble on like pagans, as Jesus said. Just simply comfortable to be in each other's presence. That's the relationship God calls us to. It's like when Ben comes back from school sometimes. I get a knock on my office at the bottom of the garden, and he comes in and for no other reason than to hang out. You know, of course, I love it when Ben and Emily come and ask me, you know, tell me about their struggles and, and issues. But I really love it when they come to me just because they want to hang out. <laughs> you know, it's just, that really blesses me. Just think, wow, you actually like me. You know, it's just, just, it blesses me more than anything else. And you know what? It blesses God's heart too. When we come for no other reason than to hang out with him. Yes, we may have our list of prayer points, but on top of it all, I want to get to know you better. 
Prayer turns from duty to delight when we simply practice keeping company with God throughout our day. But then the second point, and I'll finish with this, our second practical encouragement, if you like, is whilst we're developing this constant flow of communication, can I encourage you, still set aside, plan, schedule times to pray alone just with you and God. As we've said in our passage, Jesus says, go to your room, whatever and wherever that looks like for you in your context, close the door and get with God. Get with God. You know, Jesus himself knew this constant communion with his father more than anyone else. He only ever did what he saw his father doing. You know, if anyone else, he knew this constant communion with God, and yet he still planned time to get away and pray, to still his heart, dial out the noise, and be still. Because for me, probably one of the most helpful things of when I've, um, this is what I struggle with most, to be honest. But when I do it, what I find is it's, it's even in the good times, prayer life doesn't suffer. I don't know if, if you've experienced that, but it's when things are going well, when finances are okay, relationships are, are, are flourishing, health is, is fine, that's when I find prayer can be a struggle. Prayer can be quite hard because there's the desperation and the panic are not driving me to God. And so often that can be the motivating factor, driving us to God. And that is such a shame. But if you've already developed this delight in just keeping company with God and you have planned time to pray, it's in your diary, then even in the good times... Our prayer life doesn't suffer. Our prayer life doesn't suffer. Spend time with a worship song. You know, YouTube's full of wonderful compilations. Stick some of that on. Just, just worship God on your own. Open up the Bible. Take a verse. Take a, a chapter. Take a whole book. Pray it back to God. You know, look, take hold of the promises of God. Pray them over your spouse, over your family, over your friends, over your workplace. Just love that word about impacting our workplace. Learn to listen to his voice. You know, God speaks to us in that still, small voice. Have a, have a notebook ready. In fact, this week, as I was, I was doing just this, I felt God say to someone here today, I haven't called you to perfection, but to my presence. I haven't called you to strive, but to simple surrender. And I believe there may be someone here that God is calling you to a deeper encounter with him. I think it's for the first time. Maybe you've never really experienced a deep encounter with God. It's a call not to strive, but to simply surrender. You have a heavenly father who is longing to encounter you. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you at the end. Maybe if the band could come back. You know, it's as we humbly encounter God through prayer, as we delight in his presence, we're changed. The Holy Spirit just takes our hearts and molds us. And it's he that perfects us bit by bit. It's he that perfects us. It's not a striving. I'm just going to finish with... Um, a quote from Philip Yancey's book on prayer. It's been out for a while, but I don't know if you know Philip Yancey as an author, but he writes wonderful devotional stuff. 
Why don't we just stand to our feet? I'm just going to pray or just mention this, this, this contemplation. He says this, I pray in astonished belief that God desires an ongoing relationship. Do you believe that this morning, church? Do you believe that God desires an ongoing relationship with you? He goes on, I pray in trust that the act of prayer is God's designated way of closing the vast gap between heaven and me. Praise God for Jesus. He's made that possible. I pray in order to put myself in the stream of God's healing work on earth. It's an invitation this morning. Join the playing field. Get off the sidelines. Jump into the stream of God's healing work on earth. I pray as I breathe because I can't help it. Father, we just thank you so much for the gift of prayer. And Lord, I pray as a church that we will take seriously this call to be devoted to prayer. Father, I pray that, Lord, through this series, I just ask, Holy Spirit, will you keep on shaping us, molding us to be a people of prayer Lord, who, who don't pray out of duty, but out of sheer delight. <laughs> we taste and see, Lord, that you are so good. Come and continue to work in our hearts, we ask. Amen. Amen.